Prospect Pipeline. Hello, everyone, and welcome into our latest episode of Prospect Pipeline here on the Flyers Broadcast Network. I'm Brian Smith, along with Bill Meltzer, and a special guest with us today is the Assistant General Manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, Brent Flair. Brent, thanks very much for uh, for joining us today. And, and I guess to start off, I, I'm sure you can't really sum this up how much of a different year this has been for you, but. Uh, in terms of uh, how, how you and uh, the rest of the staff accomplishes your tasks of uh, developing and preparing for drafts, I'm sure this has just been uh, a year for the, the history books in terms of some of the things you guys have had to adjust to uh, from what would typically be normal. Yeah, I know it's been a challenging year for, for all of our scouts, and some scouts have been able to get out and, and see games live. Others haven't. Uh, obviously, in the U.S., with the USHL going, uh, we've managed to get good coverage, but as far as crossover and things like that, it's, it's been a challenge. And uh, with the OHL still not operating, uh, preparing for a draft uh, is it's a little daunting, but at the same time, everybody's in the same boat and uh, we'll do our best we can through video, through uh, the under 18 tournament, we'll get a viewing, which could be dangerous for players that have a good or bad tournament in one, one week or 10 day segment. It's uh yeah, these things uh, we'll have to rely on experience and, and then some of the underage viewings even and, and a lot of video to, to get us up to speed and prepare lists. Well, we'll start with the uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and it's been a pretty uh, decent year for them overall on the ice, but certainly uh, there it's been uh, you know very unusual as well with uh, you know the late start and only playing a few teams uh, kind of in rotation. Um Give us your overall view of that club and uh, some of the things you guys have, have been able to see there in terms of uh, some of the some of the guys that have had pretty decent years for them. Yeah, you know it's been a lot of fun actually to watch. We got a we had a young group there. We got a lot of young players in the lineup every night. Um, there's mistakes made, but at the same time we play with a lot of energy. We got some uh, some guys excelling, guys getting valuable experience, and and that's all that matters for me. Uh, I was really worried about, you know, young players and not playing for that long a time to get them back and, and just playing meaningful games again is, is huge. And, and obviously we're getting some, some guys uh, improving and just gaining valuable experience, whether they're the Zade wisdom, the young junior kids or a first year pros or, or whatnot. And we're going to get into some of those guys shortly, but just in general, you know, the Phantoms had so many injuries coming, coming into the season or even early in the season. Lisinski and Allison and Radcliffe and Forster. I think Sandine went down for a little while. Now Zamula's out. Uh, given how late the American League season started and the COVID interruption, are you surprised at how rapidly the you know a lot of these these guys have acclimated themselves? Yeah, no, it's been a challenge, and we were joking about that. Like we wondered what uh, what we did wrong to somebody with all, all of our young guys there for a while. We're we're going down like flies, and even in training camp, we're. You know, Morgan Frost right away, even as a young player, and Radcliffe was out, and like you said, uh, a number of these guys. But they battled back, and at, in the same time, a lot of guys got an opportunity to play when they were out. So um, the good thing is we have uh, some extra bodies down there. We have some depth, and, um, you know, whoever Gordo decides to put in the lineup that night, the, they've competed, and we had some internal competition, which is always healthy. Chuck had mentioned uh, in his uh, chat with the media recently that the um, Flyers might take a look at some of these guys in the coming weeks once they get some more reps in. They had a later start than the NHL did. But um, like guys like Lisinski, Wade Allison, what, what do you see them bringing to the Flyers uh, if and when they get that opportunity to, to, to get a shot this season? 
Well, both those guys are different players, but they're, they're both big bodies, which uh, which is important. I think Tanner's a uh, plays a real sound two-way game. I think the pace of his game is is what's going to need to continue to improve. But it, it is as he's as he's getting experience. Um, but he, he's a big body. He plays a rugged game. He shoots a puck, and but he makes lots of subtle plays as well. And and Wade's a um, hasn't played a lot yet, but he, he obviously is what he is. He's a power forward. He can really shoot the puck um, off the wing and. I scored a couple of nice goals so far um, in a couple of games, and uh, he's a big body. And he's physical, and and obviously he can skate. So I think he's learning some of the subtle details uh, of the game and um, kind of fast tracking right now. But uh, that, that's been the challenge for a lot of our guys. Obviously with injuries, and we had a couple of mini shutdowns due to COVID scares, which turned out to be false pauses. But we've been shut down for weeks. Uh, and it's it's been a challenge to to get these guys going. We want these guys to be playing games and getting experience and getting them up to speed. But at the same time, we've had some challenges down there as well. And um, but we're doing the best we can. Uh, as you mentioned before, the Ontario League has yet to even play. So you know, but one of the one of the side effects of that has been that uh, Forster and, and Zade Wisdom and Mason Millman have had a chance to get a you know a taste of the American Hockey League. And, uh, you know, to, to varying degrees, they, they, you know, have been able to show a little bit of what they can do at the American Hockey League level. Um, is it definite that if there's a, an April start to the Ontario League that all those guys have to go back to their, you know, to the junior clubs? Yeah, due to the CHL agreement with the league, they, they have to go back. So uh, there's still nothing in place. Um, you know, we're approaching April here and uh, they haven't announced anything. So it's it's. I assume it's going to have to be something here pretty quick if it's going to happen. Um, but in the meantime, these guys have uh, played well. I didn't know what to expect for 18-year-olds and no one's a 19-year-old playing in the American League, which is sometimes scary. But they've all of them have held their own in, in different roles, and it's been uh, it's been good to watch. I know it's great experience for them if they do have to go back, and just something they a lot of they've learned a lot. I think just in their short time here and being a pro, but also the things you have to do to have success at the pro level and. Uh, it'd be a great experience for all those young guys. It's been a small sample size, but uh, and not not just in terms of goal score, but Zade Wisdom is, seems pretty physically mature. You know, he, he tremendous work ethic. He, he's first on the puck. He you know put has, he seems to be pretty effective in one on one battles, even even at that level and adjusting to to the pro pace. So I guess the the question is, and again, it's based on a small sample. Do you, do you think that Zade could be a guy who? And not right away, but maybe a year or so down the road could be a guy who kind of fast tracks to be able to contribute to the NHL level. Yeah, it's possible. He, he still has some things to learn, but no, you're right. He's, uh, first of all, he's a very confident kid. Um, I think he, one of the biggest, his biggest assets is he knows what he is as a player. He knows what he, what allows him to have success. And, uh, but he's a strong kid. He's a competitive kid and he doesn't lack confidence. He's not out there just trying to feel his way around or, um, he, he's on pucks. He goes to the net. He, he shoots it when you get a chance. He'll finish checks. He's, you know, he's chirping. He's, he's engaged in games. And, and I know the players like playing with him. Uh, coaches love him. And um, I think, you know, again, he's going to need some time like any young kid. But he's a kid that looks like he's uh, ahead of where we thought even thought he would be at this point. How about an update on uh, on Igor Zamula? A guy, he's a guy that really opened some eyes last year, and uh, I guess a lot, surprised a lot of people when he ended up going to the bubble with the team. Um, you know, what's what's uh, what's his development like, and is this injury going to be uh, something that slows him down for a while, or uh, still kind of wait and see? 
No, I think he just it'll just be a few days. So uh, he may miss the weekend. I don't know, depending on. But uh, I think he got off lucky there. Uh, but his his sore, so he's limping around. But um, anyway, but no, Igor is a obviously you guys have seen him play. He's a very intelligent player, uh, skilled for a big guy. His, his poise and uh, vision and ability with the puck is great. And for him, it's uh, partially just physically getting stronger, but also doing things at a higher pace and learning to protect the puck in certain situations and certain situations don't have quite as much time as you're used to uh, at the junior level. But um, he's a guy that you, you tell him something and he's a sponge and he learns and he changes the game and he fixes it. So, um, you know, he, he is going to need some time. I think we need some patience with him as far as catching up physically to where he needs to get to, to play at the NHL level. But I think the way his, his skill set and his head and the way he thinks the game will allow him to get there. Of course, Igor is one of just several young defensemen that are on the Phantoms this year. Um, you know, we mentioned Millman before, Mason Millman. Um, he's still junior eligible. And, and uh, Wyatt Wiley is just out of the junior ranks, first-year pro. And, of course, Linus Hogberg is a guy who had some pro experience in Europe before coming over. I'm curious where you think those those three guys are at in their development at this point. Um, well, first of all, Wiley, uh, unfortunately, took a slap shot in the chin there and because uh, he's out for a little bit uh, was unfortunate but he, he came in again you don't know with young defensemen coming into the American League you don't know if they're going to be ready right away or if they they'll need to kind of dip their toe in the water and feel things around but he's a guy that came in I think he scored an overtime winner right away and real confident kid but he's a kid uh, you know from the first time seeing him when I was I wasn't even with the Flyer seeing him in junior this guy's come a long ways in a, in a short period of time and uh, he, he's real hard-working kid. He, he wants to play in the NHL someday and he'll do whatever he can to get there. So whatever he has to do to, to get better, uh, whether it's on the ice, off the ice, he, he really works. And he's going to need a couple of years down there realistically and, and hopefully he can carve out a spot down the road. But uh, defensively he competes. Offensively he's got uh, more ability than people give him credit for. And um, he's a real competitive kid, which is and a real likable kid uh, as a teammate and, and the coaches like him as well. So uh, Mason Millman is a 19-year-old. Uh, you look at him, he looks like he's about 12 years old off the ice, uh, but a terrific skater, uh, real good skill set. Uh, he likes to get up ice and join in the offense a lot. Um, junior, sometimes he gets a little too carried away, but he's he's figured it out uh, quickly. You know, he can't do that all the time in, in the pro level, and um, I think he's really – he's defended fine. He's, he's really worked at, you know, keeping the play in front of him, uh, being sound defensively, and – uh, with his ability to skate and get the puck going out of the defensive zone, he's, it's been, uh, you know, he's been a real asset down there. So um, it's been exciting. How about uh, Maxim Shusko? A little bit of an update on him, a guy that uh, kind of got maybe a bit of a jump on some other players because he was able to play in the KHL a little early and then uh, yeah. you know, got, got a shot with the Flyers uh, when the, the roster was a little thin uh, due to COVID situations. Uh, what's, uh, what's his status and uh, overall thoughts on him? Well, Max is a, you know, he, he's a pretty simple player. When you look at his game, when he's effective, uh, he's up and down the wing, he's managing the puck, he's playing physical, he's winning battles. And I think early on he was, he was really good um, details and penalty kill. And I think when we brought him up and sent him back, it takes some time to readjust. And um, you think you start thinking you're, you're getting away from his game and trying to do things that he, that he wasn't doing before. And so he's had some ups and downs here recently, but at the same time, he's a, a good kid and, um, he wants to 
he wants to play the right way and do the right things, but sometimes you just get away from it. So uh, he's going to be a valuable part of our group here uh, down the stretch, and uh, he'll be he'll be playing plenty. Uh, were, earlier this week, the organization signed Max Wilman to an NHL deal that kicks in for next year, and it's a really, really, really good story with Max because it's a it's a kid who you know made his way up one rung at a time. You know, um, yeah, ECHL level where earns an AHL deal, and you know he he played well with the phantoms that he he got a you know comes in this year and uh you know showed pretty well actually in, even in flyers camp as an invite and has kind of continued with the phantoms to where he, he's earned he's earned an nhl deal you know are, are you surprised at all by by what he's done this year and is he a guy you think may we might be able to you know come up uh, or maybe go back and forth in the future as a guy who can come in and contribute as you need to plug him into a game yeah, no, I, you know, I've seen this guy for a long time, since high school, since uh, obviously his college days. And um, last year, he, he, you know, he played well in Reading, uh, recommended him. So we gave him a chance and right away he brought energy and with his speed and, um, you know, we we're, were struggling down there. He gave us a real boost. So uh, we kept him around. He, he kept, you know, playing and, and he mostly just defensive situations and, and limited fourth line role or sometimes third line role. Um, but this year he, you know, as the season went on, he got to play more. And this year he brought him to camp uh, as a kind of a late invite, uh, showed up. And, uh, you know, our coaches liked him. Like, he, you guys were there. Like, he brought energy. He played center. He played wing. Made some plays. He was involved. Really gets it on the four check. And he kind of carried that over into the American League this year. And Gordon moved him up in the lineup. He was playing all over the place. and But he was producing. He's scoring. And it's one of those guys he – you know, you don't have to worry about showing up every night. He comes to play, and um, he's a great kid. And, again, he's he's your typical late bloomer, and we feel like he's going to be a guy that, you know, he's going to put himself in position for a call-up next year if he continues on this path. So um, he's earned it. Um, if we didn't give it to him, other teams were. That's just the reality of it. And uh, But he's a guy that we're all happy with and, and hopefully continues to grow here. Kind of moving on a little bit to the NCAA tournament, which is uh, really flyer heavy here this year. Uh, six players uh, that are uh, flyers prospects are in this tournament in, in one way or the other. And I know that uh, the NCAA world has been certainly different this year as well. Uh, I guess, can you give us an overview of some of the uh, highlights for the organization uh, at the college level this year? Some of the guys that uh, you thought maybe took some, some steps in their development. Yeah, no. I, well, I think the you know, the obvious players and Cam York's been you know, been a real good all year and good World Juniors and and whatnot. And uh, I think Bobby Brink had the decent start. He had good World Juniors and their team struggled and hasn't put up the numbers he wanted. But his game doesn't change. He's been good and uh, was good the other night in a depleted lineup against North Dakota. But not where he wanted to be. But at the same time, he's he is what he has advertised and a real smart player and highly competitive. Uh, Ronnie Adderd, I think, had a big year, um, really started to go. He uh, put up big numbers uh, for a defenseman, but also at the same time, he brings the size, the physical element, and uh, really, you know, he's learning every day, and he's really uh, playing with some swagger. And, um, but I, I think he really took strides in the second half for sure. Uh, Cates is – Cates, I, he never – you can watch him for two years. He doesn't change his game ever. Really smart player, cerebral player. Plays a responsible two-way game and very coachable, likable guy. And um, but we'll see what happens with him after the season and what his thoughts are. But again, he's a guy that we feel is pretty close to being ready to contribute at the, at the pro level. Um, 
Jay O'Brien, you know, had a disappointing freshman year at Providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays a year in BCHL. Yeah, goes while well, he's going through the transfer protocol. This series at BU, and he he almost looked like a different player this season. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago. Did do you think that he's you know back on the right track in his development at this point? Yeah, I know for sure. I, I think I talked to you guys last year when he went back to uh, the BC Junior League, and obviously it's not ideal for him or you know where he wanted to be at the time. But at the same time, go back there, you have fun playing the game again. He's he's scoring. He's feeling good about himself. He had time to work on himself physically to get stronger to to get to play have success at the college level and then stepping into BU they were excited to get him he was excited to be there and uh, he scored some goals right away and I just thought he carried himself from there so um, yeah no he's you know he's he's obviously got some ways to go physically uh, but he's he's having fun playing hockey again and uh, he's having some success and obviously he's going in the right direction which is great. What are the next steps with the college group? Have you guys had any talks on on guys that might be looking to turn pro versus going back? And has this overall COVID situation affected some of the guys that you know originally maybe they would have been looking to to come out this year, but they might stay another year because uh, things were so wacky over the last uh, eighteen months? Well, it's certainly been a different year for a lot of those guys. Um, you know, we've had conversations with with their agents representation over the year. Uh, but we don't like, I don't like talking to the kids about turning pro until after their season. I want them to concentrate on on winning and trying to win a national championship and uh, doing whatever they can there and everything else will sort itself out after. So we'll turn our attention to the, to the guys playing over in Europe. Um, you know, this, this year, German Rubisov has played the year in the, in the KHL. Did you think German is going to come back to North America next season? Uh, I, that was the plan. Um, we can figure out what it's what's best for his development. If he's, uh, you know, if he's adamant that he wants to play in the NHL versus like he, for us, he's going to have to. He's still got to work on his game. He's unfortunately been injured there uh, late, but um, but we'll we'll have a talk with his agent again here after. And obviously, he has options. He's restricted. He can sign over there if he wants to. And uh, obviously, we'd like him to come back and be a part of it. And, but we'll have to deal with that as well. Uh, looking at Emil Andre, a guy that uh, I guess moved, moved down a level this year, and uh, maybe that uh, might have uh, been the right move for him to to go down or a level uh, playing in Sweden. Uh, would, would he play a, a bigger role uh, in say World Juniors next year as a returnee uh, than, than maybe he played this year? And uh, what, was that a good move for him to to take a step back? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, first of all, you'll be yeah you'll be one of the guy main guys next year at the World Juniors, and uh, he was a captain of that group before, so. I assume he'll be a big part of it. Uh, teams like Sweden, Canada, the U.S., not very many underage players make it. They're usually a, it's a 20-year-old tournament. So uh, he'll be one of the main guys. But uh, the pro team that he played on this year was struggling. And um, obviously, a lot of times the younger guys get, get punished, and they bring in older guys to try to get them to the next level. But I think for him, when his ice, I just want him playing more. So um, like, talking to his agents, they got him down, and Bill Svenskin and uh, playing lots. And, Obviously, he's showing more than what he can do, and you're not afraid to make a mistake. You're playing the game. You're trying to make plays and uh, controlling the puck and controlling the, the breakout and, and getting time on the power play, and that's only healthy for him. Um, pretty quietly, Samuel Erson has had a good, solid year in goal for not a very good team. Um, so I was wondering you know, where, where he's at in his development. Also, you know, Adam Yinning is a guy who was a second-round pick 
And uh, it was always been said about Adam is that, that he's a guy who plays really more of a North American style game. So uh, I'm kind of curious as to where you think timetables might be for those two particular guys. Yeah, well, Ayrton had, for us, it's terrific year. Like they were, uh, um, they were a weak team. Um, he got shelled every game pretty much, and the games they won was he was a big reason why. So uh, he, we've had discussions with him. Uh, we got to figure out what the best thing is for him as far as his development. Still a young goalie. We want him playing every night. Um, you know, we can talk about the American League over here or playing one more year over there, then bringing him over. Regardless, I think we'll. Um, we've had, we're in discussions, I think, talking uh, early parts of talking a contract, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, and Adam, uh, I think this year he's, he's started to play more. Um, I think he's having having fun. He's having a little more success and getting to play a more significant role in the team. So uh, he does play more of a North American game for sure. I do think I'm a believer in, in the Swedish system, developing defensemen there, so I'm not in a rush to – to bring him over if he's going to be in a place where he's going to be an important player next year. Um, I'm open to keeping him there. Uh, if not, then we consider bringing him over as well. So uh, those are the things we're going to have to sort out here and make sure there's an opportunity here. we got some young, young B there right now. So you touched on it a little bit in, in our open, uh, the uh, Canadian juniors being uh, so all over the map this year, OHL hasn't started yet. Uh, WHL and the Q have a little bit, but they've had you know certainly some issues there. What 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 has been your your approach and the the staff's approach to trying to assess some of these draft eligible players for for 2021 and also some of the guys the Flyers have already drafted uh, that were uh, playing at the Canadian junior level. Uh, what's been the the kind of the uh, adjustments that you've had to make in figuring all that out? Well, initially we've had guys uh, really concentrate on their leagues uh, through video. Um, and once they were able to get into the games, um, to get to as many games as they can and, and do that. Uh, we've had crossover video sessions where guys put the players to watch in, where our guys uh, spend time and trying to get a feel for them. So when they do it, end up getting a seal or get getting to see them live, hopefully uh, they have a feel for them. So um, the Europeans have done a good job that, that those leagues over there have been going more. They've had more viewings. Um, same thing. Our Euros have crossed over on video wise and have seen their other teams. We formulated a European list. Obviously it's not perfect. We got some work to do yet, um, but we're doing the best we can. We've hired a part-time guy in the Maritimes because we did, because we didn't have a um, ability for Quebec scouts to get to the Maritimes just because of the, uh, the bubble out there and the restrictions. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a challenge. Uh, we do the, our player development guys keep in touch weekly and uh, with all of our draft prospects. Uh, it doesn't matter where they are. So, um, but again, our our guys that see them and um, the best thing is our we've learned to use video. Or a lot of our scouts that are probably scared of video. Have learned to use it, um, and it's going to be a tool that we use to supplement the the live scouting uh, going forward here. So. Um, it's not a perfect year uh, by any means. It's been a challenge, and but it's the same for everybody. So it's uh, we just have to get through it and make the boat make the most of it. Um, two guys the Flyers drafted uh, in 2020: uh, Elliot Denoyer and, and Connor McLennan. Uh, now yep. I know that Denoyer switched teams this year in the Quebec League, and he he got off of gangbusters this season. And then you know their season kind of got interrupted, and they they've since returned. Um, but I, I, he, it seemed like Denoye was really opening some eyes early on and 
you know, McLennan's league season just got started. So I don't know if there's, there's enough of a sample size at this point to, to, uh, to evaluate him. Although I think he was playing some junior a for a while this season. I'm, I'm just curious as to since, you know, since the time of the draft, where you think those two particular guys you know, have developed? Yeah. I think Denoy got, got off to a good start. Good start. He's a important player on a new team there, a uh, significant role. So, uh, his production's great. Uh, that's that's always good for a young player. But at the same time, his game is um, is is intriguing. He's a real hardworking kid. If you get to watch him play, he's, his nose is always in the middle of it. He's always in the hard areas. He he plays a real hard two way game, and and he's getting rewarded with points, which is great. But sometimes players that play the right way don't always get rewarded. But he is, um, and he's you know he, he's one of those kids. He he really wants to be a player. Coaches love him there, and he's got to get stronger and. You know he's got to work on his pace of skating, and um, but I think that's just going to come as as he as he works at it. So, McLennan's just getting underway out there. Obviously, he's going to score. He's always scored. He's going to score going forward. And obviously, being a small body, he's the game the part of the game that he's going to have to work on is a lot of it's off the ice. And uh, we'll see where he gets to. But he's a he's a very smart player. He's got a great shot and real good nose for the net. And uh, he should fill the net in junior there with that that group here going forward. So there was obviously a lot of chatter recently about the 2021 draft and the league, uh, you know, uh, affirming that they'll, you know, we'll hold it in its normal spot a little bit later than, than normal, obviously, but uh, a normal postseason draft. Um, some talk about it not being as deep as recent years. I don't know if that's because of the last 18 months in the COVID situation or if it would be that way anyway. But what are your overall thoughts on the 21 draft and, uh, you know, maybe how it, it's hard to compare it, obviously, I would imagine, to any other draft, but, uh, you know, how it shapes up and uh, you know, w- would there be some, maybe some hidden gems there because there's guys lurking about that haven't been seen, haven't been exposed like they normally would be? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a decent draft. I don't think you have the superstar um, at the top end, but there's some real good players as advertised, uh, both North American and I think there's some depth in Europe. I think a couple of junior leagues are a little thin in Canada, but the U.S. CHL is, got, is a decent year uh, with the addition of a couple of the CHL kids that have come down. Um, and then the, there's some college kids, the uh, three kids that are at Michigan that are fairly high end. And and uh, so, yeah, no, I think it's an okay year. Maybe it doesn't have the depth or maybe even the top end of some years, but I think through the first round there's there's good players to be available. A lot of injuries, though. There's injuries everywhere already. And, yeah. Uh, just to make our jobs even more challenging, just to throw those in the mix, it's always good. So, I I don't know that we know where or how the draft's going to be held, but it might be virtual again, like it was like it was last year. Uh, looking back on that experience, um, you know, what what uh, what were some of the adjustments you had to make, not being in person with the rest of the league, and uh, would would that being through that going through that experience once, would that make it easier this time around when it comes to uh, any sort of uh, talk about trades in the draft or, or anything along those those lines? Yeah, well, we were lucky enough to have a number of our scouts physically there. Some teams didn't, um, but we, you know, as far as preparing and talking about uh, whatever draft picks at the time or preparing, that was that was fine, just like normal. Uh, things you miss out on is the draft floor. Uh, there's a lot of conversations you normally had about uh, trades, potential trades, or teams looking to move up or down. Uh, when you have to physically pick up the phone all the time, it's 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 a little more challenging, and um, you can't always get a hold of everybody or or whatever. But 
Yeah, you know, just from walking around the draft floor before the draft or even during teams are saying, I, we have too many picks. We'd like to get a pick for next year if you're looking or just some of those conversations you aren't, you aren't able to have. And um, So that's, the, that's I guess, the difference a little bit. But overall, it was, it was fine. I think the second day took a little longer than we'd like to, but it, uh, I think they've worked those things out. And we'll take care of it. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it. All right, Bill, do you have any closing thoughts? No, yeah, actually, yeah, I do have one more question. The, the other day, uh, Chuck Fletcher was saying, and this, I think this ties into you know, all of what you've been saying, that you know, in, in talking to teams that are, are looking to pick up assets, not necessarily, you know, we were talking about that teams don't really want to take on term and salary, so that, that makes prospects and, and draft pick assets more valuable. But in, in the year where there's so much uncertainty around the draft, you know, are teams more or less inclined to look maybe ahead to the 2022 draft after a normal year than, than uh, you know, this year's the 2021 draft? Yeah, no, I think I think that's the case. I think some teams are nervous about their preparation and some teams, you know, we've had guys travel a little bit. Uh, other teams haven't um, at all. So, um, yeah, there's different levels of probably uh, – confidence in their staff in the draft this year uh, just from a lack of viewings um, that's just reality but and obviously the 22 draft looks like a deep draft uh, just from uh, the number of players that I've seen but uh, but we'll see we'll see I think the other thing is a lot of even a lot of teams haven't pro scouted so to, to, to see our prospects recently you're relying on video and um, or we're seeing other teams prospects you, you're just relying on video and uh, sometimes it's a little you don't feel as good about it but um, you know, our guys are getting out there and, and I think other teams have, we've been, uh, I think our team's been watched a lot just in Lehigh Valley and uh, over the last, uh, certainly over the last month or so. All right. Well, Brent, thank you very much for taking some time to, to sit down with us today. And uh, we uh, certainly look forward to everything that uh, typically comes up in a hockey spring. I'm sure it's going to be, uh, again, uh, continue to be a challenge for all you guys, but uh, we look forward to uh to seeing what it all brings forth. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. All right. Brent Flair joining us here on this episode of Prospect Pipeline. We thank you very much for tuning in with us today, and we'll have another one for you here in uh, the next couple of weeks here on the Flyers Broadcast Network. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.